This is Equip and Engage, a podcast by Subsplash, exploring how ministry, technology, and innovation come together to equip churches around the world to engage their communities. Hey, welcome back to Equip and Engage. My name is Chris, one of the producers of this podcast, and we are bringing back Carrie Newhoff for part two of our interview with him. This time, Justin and Carolyn and Carrie are going to talk about what it looks like uh, to start going beyond Sunday and what the urgency of digital adoption is. When we say Beyond Sunday, we are not by any means talking about disparaging or minimizing the Sunday gathering of the saints, which is biblical, which is powerful, which is uh, at the heart of the gospel. We're talking about going beyond Sunday to connect with one another each and every day, live in a real and vibrant gospel-centered community and reflect life following Christ in that way. Carrie has a lot of important insights along going beyond Sunday and how digital fits into that. We know that church leaders uh, in this day and age are hungry for a digital roadmap. And so we asked Carrie about the key ingredients he sees as part of a church's theology of technology. We'll also hear from Carrie about what he's looking forward to and what he's hopeful about in the next five years for the church. And once again, uh, we'll invite you to participate with Carrie and with us in the Finish Strong Challenge. More on that soon. For now, I'll turn it over to Justin, Carolyn, and Carrie Newhoff. Switching a little bit to the digital landscape, as Subsplash, we're passionate about that and producing tools that would allow people to connect with their faith and their family of faith. We use this term around subsplash um, called Beyond Sunday. And again, it's not to diminish the, the purpose of Sunday, the importance of Sunday. That's never our heart or our intention. And yet it is to acknowledge that Monday through Saturday does exist for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, to your point earlier, Carrie, you said we often gather people for two hours a Sunday, release them back in the wild to the other 110 plus wide awake hours that they have in the week and hand them over to Netflix and say, here you go, you can spiritually form our people. And that's, they've done a really good job, uh, by the way, spiritually forming our people. And Mm so what do you think the urgency of digital discipleship, if I can use that word, is for churches today? And why do you think there's a hesitancy for churches to engage in that? Because follow-up, I think in this case, would even be follow up from the content we're producing on a Sunday. How are we getting the gospel spiritual formation tools in the hands of people beyond our Sunday service? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we had talked about earlier. Pastors are still largely stuck on Sunday. If you look at most people's digital presence, it's not social ministry, as Nona Jones would say, it's social media. (laughs) So it's either leading up to don't miss Sunday, don't miss Sunday, don't miss Sunday, here comes Sunday, are you there on Sunday? Oh, here's what we covered on Sunday, here's what we covered on Sunday. Now, don't miss next Sunday. Like that is the cycle. We broke it very briefly in 2020 during the pandemic when we lost access to our buildings. And then we just went right back to Sunday, 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 Sunday. And the reality is here's, and this is getting to your question, you know, church attendance is decentralizing and, um, it's declining. And part of the reason it's declining is yes, there are deconversion stories happening, but a lot of that is people lead really busy lives. And, they're not there every weekend. So you've got to start thinking of your digital ministry as a chance to disciple people, whether they are in the building or not, whether they're tracking with Sunday or not. And I think particularly in the next generation, if you look at, you know, what is discipleship? 
So it's easy. A, a lot of the times it gets misdiagnosed as or, or misconstrued as, well, discipleship is head knowledge about the Bible. Well, no, that's not true. That's not what it is, right? It's not knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. But I think there's a growing chorus of younger leaders in the church, people like Rich Velotis, Ruth Haley Barton, John Mark Comer, Tyler Staten, who are talking about the rhythms of everyday life. Uh, Tyler Staten's new book, uh, Living Like Monks, Praying Like Fools, I think is what it's called, uh, or vice versa, I forget which. Great book on the rhythms of everyday life. John Mark Comer's Practicing the Way, right? Sabbath, etc. That that I think is an untapped gold mine and digital, like digital releases into the everyday, helping people. There's a growing number of apps that will help people do spiritual formation first thing in the morning or at night or throughout the day. I think churches that begin to realize this, that this is something people need in their lives every day. We're on our phones all day long and all night long anyway. We might as well just get there. And maybe, you know, the church app kind of disappeared. And I wonder if it's going to make a comeback as a way of integrating and infusing faith with everyday life. It's sort of, you know, every church had an app, then no church had an app. And I wonder if there's some way of integrating that with everyday life. But I think you have to think about it like your ministry to people has to go beyond a building owned or leased by the church, Mm -hmm. plain and simple. And we did that with small groups in the 90s and the 2000s where we Airbnb'd people's homes. Mm-hmm. And we just said, okay, rather than building a big Christian education wing, yeah. how about we use your house, Justin, and your house, Carolyn, or your apartment or whatever, and you guys can meet with eight to 10 people in your homes and away we go. Well, what is wrong with that for church? What is wrong with that for discipleship? And then what about discipling the individual as well? Technology does all of that so well. And again, you don't have to spend $300,000 developing your own app. Subsplash creates great products around that area. We've got other partners that can help you. You can white label that stuff. You can borrow somebody else's stuff. You can recommend something someone else built that you like. Yeah. <laughs> and just tell people, use this. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And, you know, I like to talk about, you know, and you think about your digital toolkit like a toolkit and that, you know, you're you're not going to use a hammer for something you need a screwdriver to do. And even like you said, right. with apps, I mean, we've been kind of front seat to a lot of that conversation. And for so long, it's seeing people try to use the app like they use the website. And it's you no, know, those are two separate tools in what they are trying to accomplish. And you know, we can stand here too. We're, we're trying to innovate on just how do, how do people really use mobile apps on their phone and how do they use websites and how do we develop technology that can help toward that end as well. But uh, underneath that, and I'd love your thoughts on this, Carrie, as well. You know, we're, we're finding people are hungry for that digital roadmap and they know that technology plays an important role in the effectiveness of their ministry but they don't quite know, okay, well, what's our strategy? So new technology comes out. There's no rule book that's for it. So we're all trying to figure out how do we use social platforms? And as studies come out, no, we, we didn't think about the downstream effect of this technology. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should change our approach, but really underneath that, this developing a theology around technology and 
what do you see as pastors now are trying to think through, okay, what is or what should our theology around technology be that can start to be a baseline that informs us when new technology rolls out, how we engage with it? What would you say maybe some key ingredients could be for for churches' theology of technology? I think it's a really difficult question to answer because we haven't done a good enough job of it. Just plain and simple. Our theologians haven't thought about it. I've had some conversations with people in Silicon Valley developing AI. Um, You know, there's not a lot of theological work being done on it. And Mm -hmm. I think we often get it, as you suggested, Carolyn, in the rearview mirror. We find out, oh, this is what it's doing to attention span. This is what it's doing to our kids. This is why anxiety is spiking. So a couple of thoughts. Basically, everything's changed and nothing's changed. Jesus is still God. Life is still about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's about loving God, loving your neighbor, loving yourself. So the question then becomes, how does... And and churches have lost that to some extent because of the consumer culture, because it's just come to Sunday, sit back, relax, enjoy the flight, go home. Hopefully the world disciples you well. We know that doesn't work. So (laughs) churches, churches have lost that. already. But we've also lost it with technology because we're Mm. using social to be like, come to Sunday, come to Sunday. Okay, here's a clip from Sunday. See you next Sunday. Um, We got to move beyond that. So I would start thinking about in the same way that the gospel infuses everyday life. And I'm not a theologian. So, you know, I got my MDiv. That's about all I got. (laughs) So I do I do a lot of strategy. But I would say you can do everything from a rule of life approach to what are healthy boundaries uh, practice some Sabbath yourself. Show people that you're not as addictive, addicted to your phone as the rest of the culture is. But then if you're going to use your phone, how do you integrate that to everyday life? Mm-hmm. Like, can you read the Bible on, the, on your phone? Can you develop an app? You know, Subsplash does a lot of great work with churches in that field where you can really connect with people, practice Christian meditation, etc., etc. So if you're not on that technological platform, they're just going to go to someone else. They're going to go to some new age yoga platform where Jesus doesn't show up very often, if at all, and they'll get discipled there. Or you can direct them to a resource that you've found reliable and you're using in your own life, or you can create one in partnership with a company like yours. Or, you know, if you've got a gazillion dollars, build your own, you know, go for it. But most churches don't. But I think you've got to, it's, it's that question of using the culture to reach the culture. You've got to use technology to reach people who are on technology. Because becoming a Luddite and simply pretending it doesn't exist, putting your, your head in the sand, doesn't help anybody. I'll give you an example from our student ministry. I was talking to our student director recently. And students were some of the first to come back after the lockdown ended. Hmm. Um, but he said they were already struggling socially because they're on their phone so much. And we were closed for 18 months being where we are north of Toronto. He said they were even more awkward being in person. And I think if you want to look at the front lines of technology, human intersection, look at student ministry today. And our student guide, Donnell's his name, he's got a great opportunity there to show people what it is like to be in an appropriate, healthy relationship with other human beings in the room and also with other human beings on technology. And so I think you got to teach this stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in my Bible colleges, uh, coding 101 and digital platforms was not available in my first no, year. No, correct. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think um, I, there could be an argument for that uh, in the years to come. Well, let's ask this as we start to you know, close this conversation. And this has been, been amazing. Carrie, you look over the next five years of the church. What would you say that we would need to start or maybe stop or continue? Okay. Start, do start investing more of your staff and budget dollars into digital. The internet is not going away. It was not a COVID blip because you can get to your building. I mean, we live in a thoroughly um, seamless slipstream between digital and in real life. So, you know, we're having this conversation via Riverside on the internet, but I'm going to see my wife as soon as we're done in the kitchen in real life. You're talking to your kids on FaceTime and 20 minutes later you meet at the coffee shop, right? Like that's just the way it goes. That's the way it is. So I think smart churches, and size does vary a little bit on this, but if you're growing in over 500 in attendance, ultimately within a few years, I'm saying this number, you'll find your own mark point. But if I was leading a church today, I would want 50% of my money, staff dollars, going into the digital space and 50% going into the in-person space. Wow. I think you got to put your money where your, your mouth is. And that's just not, oh, we built this amazing app. That's like connecting people digitally yep. so that they make real-world connections. That's what you have to figure out. So hmm. I would do that. Stop doing. Uh, this is a little off subject, but not really. I, I think there is a partisan political church that has a little bit of momentum right now. And basically, if you have a particular stance on vaccines or masks or who you should vote for in the midterms or the presidential election, we'll probably see a real surge on that in 2024. That is not what the next generation is looking for. Mm. They're not looking for a church that votes a particular way. They're looking for an alternative to the partisanship and the division. And I think that's, that's really the best of the New Testament. Jesus wasn't like, make sure you vote for this emperor. He, wasn't, <laughs> he didn't care about that yeah. at all. He barely referenced the Roman government and died at their hands. Right. And there were people who thought he would be the Messiah. He would be the person who came back and established himself as the ruler over Rome. And he didn't. So I think partisan churches are going to have a little growth blip and then they're going to implode. Because first of all, they're mostly about what they're against, not what they're for. And if you always have an enemy, eventually the enemy becomes yourself and you start civil war. And I don't think it's a gospel. I think it's a partisan church. So I think those will die. And over the next decade, you'll see a growing number of what I call alt kingdom churches churches that are about Jesus kingdom, not this kingdom start to emerge. And the next generation, particularly Gen Z will be very attracted to that. So I if you're on that, like, Oh, we're going to be against this party or we're going to be against just drop it now, get on your knees, figure out a much better way to yeah. be the church. So that's some start doing, stop doing. Was there a third category, Justin? Uh, just, con just things to continue. Oh yeah. Continue doing the, the basics of like, 
loving people, assimilating people, being active in your community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't just let random attendance online or in person happen. Like uh, we talked a lot about in-person engagement, but you guys know all about digital engagement funnels and everything. You're going to have to develop that too, because having 10,000 YouTube views is awesome, Mm -hmm. but you don't know who those people were. That's like having 10,000 people a day drive by your church on a freeway going, look at all those people. They, they access the gospel. It's like, no, they didn't. You've got to figure out a way to get them off the freeway and maybe out for coffee or in for a service or connecting with somebody. And so you got to do that digitally too. So good. What a great analogy. All right. Let's end with this statement here. Um, because we like to ask this every, every single time, because there's so much hope in the gospel, so much hope in the church and the future of where God is actively moving and at work. So, Gary, how would you fill in these blanks with encouragements for pastors and other church leaders? And the statement is, even though blank, you can blank because blank. Hmm. Even though it looks bleak, you can see real movement of the gospel because Jesus is still on the throne. That's what I would say. I mean, it looks bleak. You're looking out over your church going lots of great ideas. You don't know where I live. And it's true. I don't know where you live, but Jesus does. And I think we are dealers in hope. I think we are brokers in hope. And Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still passionate about this world. We are moving to some complete redemption of everything that we see and you get to participate with it so you can experience growth and momentum if you partner with that and keep your eyes fixed on christ amen amen well as we wrap this up carrie thank you so much for joining us for those listening that want to keep uh tuning in with you your team where where can they do that yeah, well, Podcast World, just search my name, Kerry Newhoff, really hard to spell. Carrie uh, Newhoff Leadership Podcast, <laughs> if you get it half right, Google will help you. And yes, then I'm going to They will. Newhoff. Google will help you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Carolyn. Hey, thanks again, Carrie. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks, everyone, for joining us in today's episode of Equip and Engage. If you missed the first part of our interview with Carrie, make sure you check that out as well. We've got two parts. This was part two of the interview. Go back to part one if you missed that one. And make sure you also take a couple next steps with us today. One of those is to download the Finish Strong Challenge. We are inviting you on behalf of our team at Subsplash, on behalf of Carrie's team, inviting you to finish this year strong. And honestly, Honestly, even if you're listening to this at the turn of the year, you're no longer looking to finish 2022 strong, but you're in the middle of 2023 or heck, it's 2025. Whatever it is, this is still a very valuable, impactful resource for refreshing and resetting your ministry in some really unique ways. Please join us in the challenge. It's just 21 days to reset and reflect and and try some new things, honestly, just to be innovative and inventive and try something new. It's completely free from Subsplash from Carrie Newhoff, and you can download it at subsplash.com slash finish dash strong. We also invite you to subscribe to Equip and Engage so you catch every future conversation just like this one with Carrie. We'll have Carrie back, I'm sure, and other other leaders in the church and ministry space, pastors and others, join us to share their insights, their perspectives on what ministry looks like in, and honestly, a disrupted time, uh, but also a hopeful time for the church. God is still building his church. Uh, we are 
hopeful for this for its future we are excited to partner with you in your mission and we just invite you now to subscribe to equip and engage to catch every future conversation thanks for joining us today we'll catch you next time